This is the Green Street News, the environmental health show and podcast. Patty and Doug Wood and our worldwide network of experts with your weekly update on what in the world is going on and how it may affect your life and the lives of people around you. Welcome back. On today's show, we'll hear some of the voices of people living on the front lines of climate change as they address the crowd at the March to End Fossil Fuels, which took place last Sunday in New York City ahead of the UN's meeting on climate change. They were voices calling out for leadership from President Biden and for support from the people of the world to change our trajectory before it's too late. Those voices and Patty with the week's headlines all coming up on this edition of Green Street News. Stay with us. Okay, Patty, so what happened in the world of environmental health this week? I heard that Apple got into some trouble, huh? Yeah, that news has been swirling around over the weekend. Basically, Apple is going to be updating their iPhone 12 in France after those regulators said it emitted too much radiation. Apple has agreed to install updates for the iPhone 12 in France after regulators ordered the company to stop selling the model because it emits electromagnetic radiation levels that exceed European Union standards. Hmm. Yep. The French agency said the iPhone 12 recently failed one of two types of tests for electromagnetic waves capable of being absorbed by the body. On Tuesday, France's government ordered a halt to sales of the iPhone 12 and told Apple to issue a software update to address the problem or face a recall. Oh, boy. Yeah. So Apple said in a statement on Friday that it will issue a software update for users in France to accommodate the protocol used by French regulators. The French ban could have extended to all 27 EU countries after three months if Apple had refused to issue this update. Experts have recommended that people concerned about their cell phone radiation exposure use earphones or switch to texting. I wonder if the same thing's going to happen in the United States. I wonder if the if the FCC is going to ask Apple to withdraw its iPhone 12 because of high... You know, I think that we are looking at different standards in different countries, and we've got, we've got a little bit of a, a problem here. Not a little bit, a big problem. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Okay, so this other one was from The Guardian, which is one of my favorite sources of good information mm -hmm. on environmental health issues. And this is basically an, an article about the 86,000-plus consumer chemicals that are registered with the EPA that have never received vigorous toxicity testing, and which they are finding quite a few of in the American public's blood. So for decades, it was the secret behind the magic show of homemaking across the U.S. Applied to a pan, it could keep a fried egg from sticking to the surface. Soaked into a carpet, it could shrug off spills of red wine. Sprayed onto shoes and coats, it could keep your kids dry on a rainy day. But the most clandestine maneuver of perfluoroactanoic acid, or PFOA, was much less endearing, seeping into the blood and organs of hundreds of millions of people who used the products containing the chemical. PFOA is just one of dozens of modern-day chemicals that are found in the bodies of the majority of Americans, regardless of where they live. Research has also shown that more Americans are facing a growing number of ailments and disorders, from autoimmune diseases to developmental disorders and cancers. Scientists are increasingly concerned that the, these two truths are linked. 
and some believe that the American public and lawmakers alike are dangerously unaware of the perils lurking in their veins. And I have to give you this quote because it's really important because Linda Birnbaum, as former director of the National Institute for Environmental Health Sciences, says, quote, it's very hard for people to understand exposure and effects when they can't see a smoking gun. Mm -hmm. So sorting out the causes of troubling public health trends is extremely difficult. For example, how much is due to aging demographics, personal behaviors, diagnostic changes, or environmental exposures? In recent years, scientists have accumulated enough data to conclude with confidence that humans face significant health risks from exposure to common commercial chemicals and that regulations designed to protect them are failing. Yeah. There you I go. Love, I love that phrase, the magic show of homemaking. Yeah, the magic you know? show. It was the secret behind the magic show of homemaking across yeah. the U.S. Make life easier. You know, yeah. your, your carpet won't convenience, stain. Your, your convenience, won't convenience. That's what we're all about. And now we're paying the price. Everybody in not the world just, paying the price. Not just us who buy those products, but our children and the unborn child who is excruciatingly vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. What else? Okay. So, you know, I talk a lot about the, the planetary boundaries, but there's a great article about it from AP. According to a new study, Earth is exceeding its safe operating space for humanity in six of nine key measurements of its health, and two of the remaining three are headed in the wrong direction. The studies by a group of international scientists and published in the journal Science Advances, which shows that Earth's climate, biodiversity, land, freshwater, nutrient pollution, and human-made compounds like microplastics and nuclear waste are all out of whack. So those are like six, six specific categories in which they're measuring our health as a planet. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, you know, the, one of the most recent ones was this idea of microplastics. Yeah. Basically becoming, you know, making the earth unsustainable. Yeah. I mean, the earth's function unsustainable, yeah. Quote, we are in very bad shape, said study co-author Johann Rockström, director of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany. We show in this analysis that the planet is losing resilience and the patient is sick, end quote. In 2009, Rockstrom and other researchers created nine different broad boundary areas and used scientific measurements to judge Earth's health as a whole. The nine factors, though, are all intermingled. When the team used their computer simulations, they found that making one factor worse, like the climate or biodiversity, made the other Earth environmental issues degrade, while fixing one actually also helped the others. Yeah, that's because everything is connected. That's e everything right. Everything is connected that's to right. something that's else. That's right. The simulation showed that one of the most powerful means that humanity has at its disposal to combat climate change is cleaning up its land and saving its forests. Returning forests to late 20th century levels would provide substantial natural sinks to store carbon dioxide instead of the air where it traps the heat. The fact that the ozone layer is the sole improving factor shows that when the world and its leaders decide to recognize and act on a problem, it can be fixed, and quote, for the most part, these are things that we know how to do, end quote, to improve the remaining problems, said Carnegie Mellon chemistry and environment professor Neil Donahue. The title of this article is alarming. It is Earth is outside its safe operating space for humanity on most key measurements. Yeah. You know, we know this. 
Yeah, this it's, is not really a surprise. This is not a surprising article. Things have been going in the wrong direction for a while. They're continuing to go in the wrong direction. And, you know, we've got extractive capitalism that is just pondering the earth for profit while, you know, the natural we're resources losing, We're losing hell. all our life-giving yeah. natural resources. Yeah, it's going to come back and bite us soon. It already is. All right, what else you got? The last thing is about firefighters, and we've talked about this before. Um, this is also from AP News, but I think we need to really be wary of this because we depend on our local fire departments, yeah. and more and more so because of climate change, mm -hmm. because of wildfires and, you know, all kinds of things that, you know, are, are expecting, all kinds of things that expect fire crews to, to help to. them with yeah. and respond to, even floods. So what's happening? Well, the article is really about this, uh, this Boston firefighter who was about 30 years old, and he was... Um, you know, he was diagnosed with this tumor that he had in his chest and then eventually diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then he learned that he and others wore gear that contained toxic industrial compounds, PFAS. Here we go again. Yep. And he said, you know, you always hear about the dangers. You just never think it's going to be you. And he stopped working due to his cancer and is among thousands of firefighters nationwide who have been suing PFOS manufacturers and companies that make firefighting gear and foam seeking damages for their exposures. The multi-layered coats and pants worn by firefighters have become the latest battleground over PFOS. It's found in everything from food packaging to clothing and is associated with health problems including cancers. The news that PFOS compounds are in their gear, primarily meant to repel water and contaminants like oil and prevent moisture-related burns, is worrisome to firefighters. The International Association of Firefighters, or IAFF, says that cancer has replaced heart disease as the biggest cause of line-of-duty really? deaths. Holy cow. Yeah, firefighters have been shown to be at higher risk than the general population of getting several types of cancers. And they're actually exposed to a laundry list of carcinogens coming from the fires themselves, which are burning plastics yeah. and other you know, and other things that are made from toxic carcinogenic chemicals. Mm -hmm. Then these fires are burning hotter and faster than ever before, often due to increased petroleum products, which I just mentioned. But as they learn more about PFAS, firefighters have grown suspicious that their personal protective equipment is really the thing that is making them sick. So it's not dangerous enough that you're going to go into a burning building. You're going to be exposed to all these toxic chemicals that are in the building but even if you're just standing around in your equipment, you're getting exposed because now the chemicals that can cause cancer are in the stuff have, that you're wearing. And have been for decades. And like you said, we depend on these guys to show up and put out a yeah, fire. Yeah. And we're intentionally making yeah. them sick. So has the industry said anything about this? Well, the American Chemistry Council said in a statement that, quote, PFAS-based materials are the only viable options for some key equipment that meet the vital performance properties required for firefighting gear, end quote. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to make a suggestion, and that is wool. Wool is an incredibly protective and fire-resistant material, and actually upholsterers are beginning to use wool instead of flame retardant chemicals mm. because they've been banned in a couple of states. As they should be. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Patty. You're welcome.
On Sunday, September 17th, people from around the world gathered in New York City ahead of the United Nations meeting on climate change to demand that President Biden and other world leaders take immediate action to end the burning of fossil fuels, end the subsidies, end the pipelines, end the pollution, stop the policies of extractive capitalism that have landed us in the crisis we're in today. The latest scientific assessment by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has once again highlighted the urgency to act. The damage from the climate crisis is already extensive and global greenhouse gas emissions remain at record levels. The world needs immediate and deep reductions in emissions now and over the course of the next three decades to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and prevent the worst impacts. Meanwhile, populations that are the least responsible for the climate crisis are already suffering from its impacts and need immediate help to adapt and recover from loss and damage. This is an issue of equity and climate justice, which requires immediate attention from governments and international financial institutions. Last week on Green Street News, we heard the words of Dr. Sandra Steingraber and her story of Rachel Carson being wrong about how man could actually destroy the oceans. Sandra Steingraber was one of the leaders of the scientific delegation to the March to End Fossil Fuels. Today, we'll hear other voices from that march, some from far away and some from right here in New York. We'll begin with a young woman from Uganda, Vanessa Nakate, a climate activist and a United Nations Goodwill Ambassador on climate change. Here's what Vanessa had to say at the March to End Fossil Fuels. I come from Uganda, one of the countries that is on the front lines of the climate crisis. The climate crisis is not a future threat. It is a present reality that is harming so many communities, especially in the global south. Which communities are not responsible for this crisis? We know that the African continent alone is historically responsible for less than 4% of the global emissions. And yet so many Africans are already suffering some of the most brutal impacts of climate change. But we also know that countries like the United States are, is historically responsible for 29% of the global emissions. How can you compare that with Africa with 54 individual countries which is just responsible for less than 4%. This is unfair, this is wrong, and this is unjust. When we say that we want climate justice, we're not just talking about transitioning to solar panels. We are talking about leaving no one behind. We are talking about addressing the injustices that come with the climate crisis. We have seen what is happening in countries like Libya. Thousands of people dead, thousands missing, and so many livelihoods destroyed. We've seen in countries like Mozambique, thousands killed because of cyclones and many displaced. We've seen the droughts in the Horn of Africa that has left over 20 million people on the brink of starvation. What else needs to be seen for our leaders to understand that we are in a crisis, that we are in an emergency, 
that they need to start treating this like a crisis. The people that are suffering right now, especially in our communities, many of them don't even know what climate change is, but they can understand the changes in the weather patterns. We need our leaders to address the climate crisis and we need them to start now. We cannot have climate justice without an end of fossil fuels. We cannot eat coal, we cannot drink oil, and we cannot have any new fossil fuel investments, and that is coal, oil, and gas. Thank you. Next, we'll hear from Dr. Crystal Cavalier-Peck, a member of the Okanichi Band of the Saponi Nation and the chair of the Environmental Justice Committee for the NAACP. Crystal has been fighting the Mountain Valley Pipeline that would reach 70 miles into North Carolina onto Monacan and Saponi lands and require the construction of a compressor station in a predominantly black community near Chatham, Virginia. Cavalier Peck points out that communities of color and economically challenged or distressed areas are often targeted by pipeline companies because they lack the social, financial, and political power to fight back. Here's what she had to say at the march. First, I just want to thank the Nalape for letting us be here on their lands. And yes, I am from North Carolina fighting the MVP Southgate, MVP Mainline. And that is a pipeline we've been fighting for 10 plus years. And I couldn't have done it without power, Appalachian Voices, and a whole host of other people. But what I want people to know is we are here today to demand President Biden that he has to do a just transition to get us off of fossil fuels. It's this 2030, we can't wait. It is a climate emergency now. People are dying in our community. This pipeline is going through sacred rivers, sacred mountains, and just, you have to come and see it. We need your help to stop the Mountain Valley Pipeline. And like Sharon, our communities will be dying. We have to end fossil fuels, no more frack gas. And you know what? We really have to come together and unite. And I'm so glad to see I haven't seen this many people in my life. There's so many people here, but we have to come together and stand in unity. And what do we want? We want climate justice when? Now! So when you guys hear that, Chana in the march, now! Now! Thank you so much, Jean. Rabbi Stephanie Colon of Congregation Beth Elohim in New York City has been a leading voice in the Jewish community for action on climate change. Last year, she and other activists were arrested during a protest at the headquarters of BlackRock investment firm, protesting the company's ongoing financial support for the oil, gas, and plastics industries. Here's some of what she had to say at the march. Shana Tova! That means Happy New Year. I'm so grateful to be standing up here with all of you today to call for the end of fossil fuels and to dream up together a sustainable and livable future. 
Today is the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and one of the holiest days of our year. Usually right now, we'd all be home with our families dipping our apples in honey. But let me tell you why instead I'm here today praying with my feet. We call Rosh Hashanah Hayom Harat Olam, the day the world came into being. But it's not day one or day two of the Torah's creation story. It's day six, the day that human beings entered the scene. And enter we have. Rosh Hashanah is an echo through time of the moment when humanity's relationship with this created world began. So it's not just relevant, but it is critical that we be here today. And we were offered two narratives in the book of Genesis as we are now. Humanity was told we could, one, conquer the earth and rule it, own it, use it, take and take and take from it. Or two, a counter narrative, ovda ul shomra. We could nurture it and protect it, care for it and plant it and be its stewards. We are here today as Jews because our tradition calls us to be Shomrei Adama, protectors of the land, for our destiny is wrapped up with it. And because we know that this moment is an urgent one, our planet is aching, our future is undecided, and this is going to take all of us. The fossil fuel industry is choosing to rule and conquer and take and take and take without limit. And so waters are rising and the skies are turning a choking orange and the heat is taking lives and the most vulnerable are in the most danger. But you, Mr. President, can choose the other path to be and make our country a protector of this earth. And so pull us back from the brink. We urge you to use your power to end fossil fuel extraction, to ignite a just transition to green energy, and to choose the people and our children and our future over big oil's greed. A better and more livable future and world is just on the horizon. It is being born right this second. We can feel it. So now let's build it. Shana Tova, and may this be the day that we look back on and tell our children with joy, we did this for you. Shana Tova. Roysheta Ozane is the founder and CEO of the Vessel Project of Louisiana, an advocacy organization dedicated to representing and protecting the interests of vulnerable communities, black, indigenous, people of color, and low income. She's the Clean Energy Organizing Director with Healthy Gulf for the Southwest Louisiana and South Texas region, and a member of the Power Coalition for Equity and Justice. Here is Roysheta Ozane at the Climate March. The way to right wrongs is to shine a light of truth on them. On August the 9th, 2023, President Joe Biden bold-faced lied and said that he had declared a climate emergency. 
As we all know, the president has not declared a climate emergency. What he has declared is a way for oil and gas to further exacerbate the climate crisis. What he has done is sit back and allow his spineless Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to continue to approve new LNG facilities in communities of color. What President Biden has done is allow for the Mountain Valley Pipeline to be approved. He has allowed for bedrock environmental law, NEPA, to be gutted. Enough is enough with this cowardly president. He likes to hide under agencies like the EPA and FERC and the Department of Transportation. But we know that he has the ultimate power of the pen. If he declares a climate emergency and stops the approval of all new extractive industry, then all of our communities will be better for it. This quote is from Harriet Tubman. And as I'm saying this quote, and there may not be space but I want you all to know how many of the frontline folks are here from the Gulf Coast. They're over here in the corner. For too long, organizations and funders have stood on stages and talked about what was happening in our communities. They've tried to represent us. We don't need representation. We can represent ourselves. So we came out to tell our stories. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, the passion, and the reach to be able to reach for the stars and to change the world. The change starts with us and we are doing it. Congratulations, you're winning. Thank you. And finally, a few words from Congressman Jamal Bowman, who represents parts of New York City and Westchester County. Congressman Bowman is an educator by profession, founder of the Cornerstone Academy for Social Action, a public middle school in the Bronx. Here is Jamal Bowman at the March to End Fossil Fuels. We are the revolution. It's going to be our love, our heart, our vision that rebuilds America and saves it from itself. This is not just about saving our democracy. This is not just about saving our humanity. This is about saving the only planet we call home. And it has to be the craziest thing in the world that the U.S. government actually subsidizes its own self-destruction. How stupid is that? That ain't right. And we continue to give almost a trillion dollars a year 
to our military industrial complex, which is the number one contributor to carbon emissions in the world. And we give it a trillion dollars a year. So as you know, Washington, it's not broken. It is operating by design. It has been designed for destruction. It has been designed for us to scratch, claw, fight, and kill each other because of our racial, ethnic, gender, and sexuality differences. But the new American Revolution includes every single one of us. Not just the one-tenth of one percent, not just property-owning white men, it's about everyone. Jamal Bowman, one of many voices calling for immediate action to end the burning of fossil fuels and to the government's support for oil and gas companies. That's going to do it for this special Climate March edition of Green Street News. Special thanks to all of the speakers, to all of the participants, to our news director, Ellen Weiniger, our engineer, Josh Lyman, our associate producer, Toby Siegler, our social media director, Donna Moss, and our marketing director, Sam Seaborn. I'm Doug Wood. Patty and I will be back next week with another edition of Green Street News. Thanks for listening.